and the brave new world begins. When all men are paid for existing, and no man must pay for his sins, as surely as water will wet us, as surely as fire will burn, the gods of the copybook headings, with terror and slaughter return. Hello, everybody, and thank you for joining us for another episode of the Copybook Headings podcast. If you're new to the show, this is a show that's inspired by the poem by the great Rudyard Kipling, where every week we take an old saying, a proverb, a maxim, uh, and we break it down to see what we can learn from it, trying to distill some some ancient wisdom from these old maxims and what we and see if we can apply it to modern life. Uh, I am your host, Patrick Payne, and with me, as always, is my co-host, Andrew Stevens. Andrew, how are you, sir? I'm doing great. How are you today, Brad? Patrick? <laughs> I'm doing great, man. Uh, one of those days? It, it, one of those days, yeah. Um, uh, I'm feeling a little sick today, so I'm, hopefully my, my voice doesn't sound too weird. But yeah, apart from that, I'm pretty good. Um, uh, yeah, we got, uh, we got an interesting one this week. This is one of the ones that you had selected, correct? Yeah, that's right. Um, and it's, uh, it's another Ben Franklin one. So from Poor Richard's Almanac, uh, first attested in, in English, I think, in, in 1744 in that publication. Okay. Um, and it's, it's the, uh, the classic, you catch more flies with honey than with vinegar. Yep. There's a lot of, there's a lot of uh, variations on that, but that's kind of the, the essence of it. And I think it's something everyone's heard before. This is not a, a, a rare one. Yeah, it's very um, common. Yeah, and, and then, uh, you know, there's some, um, I think uh, Franklin might have gotten it from an Italian uh, book of collection of Proverbs uh, that, was, that was published in, in London in the mid-1600s. There's also some, a source from the early 1600s in French. So it's kind of all over, all over Europe in, in the 1600s and... Mm and beyond. So, yeah. Some, some of the research I had done found, uh, I went, went back to ancient, uh, Roman times. Did you, did you find that at all when you were digging? Oh, I didn't get that far, that far back. Let's, what would you find there? Yeah. So I'm reading here. It says the earliest note, written form of this proverb can be found in Latin text called metamorphoses by the Roman poet Ovid. Mm-hmm. So like 43 BC. Um, and, and he writes more flies are caught with a drop of honey than with a ton of vinegar. So it says that's, well, there you go. So, yeah, that's what I found. But, um, uh, yeah, it's apparently, and then maybe from the ancient, ancient Rome to more, uh, medieval Italy and so on and so forth. Sounds like, well, I'm, uh, well now I'm embarrassed. I didn't get the, I'm always, I'm always looking for the, the Latin stuff and then, uh, <laughs> here it is. And I missed it. Uh, I I'll cheated. To, I'll have to I go just... look that up. Yeah, I cheated. I just asked. Uh, I just asked one of the AI bots to to do some research for me, and that's what I found. Oh, nice. I didn't find much on my own, but <laughs> <laughs> that's my researching, my lazy man's research. But but yeah, a uh, really common one. Uh, this is probably one everybody's heard. Um, and so I, I think uh, sometimes the more common ones are really interesting. Uh, it's 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 fun to learn a new one, um, especially if it's something that maybe isn't self-explanatory just on its face. It's kind of fun to dig into those sometimes, but it's also, I think, um, useful to, to look into the ones that we hear all the time that maybe you've heard your parents say, your grandparents say, and uh, probably everybody knows what this means on its face, but maybe there's a little more we can dig out of it. What do you think? Yeah. 
Yeah, this one, I, th- I think it's always come pretty naturally to me. And so it, I am confounded often when, when people really struggle against it because it always seems it's kind of a, a stubborn, <laughs> seems kind of stubborn. Like when you when you're, when this gets mentioned to someone, it's because they're, they've been kind of obstinate. Um, and, but yeah, cause it's definitely proven out in my life that things go a lot better when I'm, when I'm extra nice to people professionally, I do this all the time. It's, I'm in a kind of industry where, where it pays off, uh, to be, to be a little extra, extra smiley and a little extra, um, you know, ex- the exclamation points in the emails. Right. So yeah. Uh, not, not necessarily a male dominated industry, I guess. <laughs> got it. Got it. That makes sense. And, um, and it probably has also helped you in your experiences with the, uh, the mentally unwell that you are the whisperer of that your wife has oh, <laughs> dubbed you. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We talked, about, we that talked about that. We talked about that previously. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, cause you know, bonkers people like to be around nice people too. <laughs> so, That's true. That's true. Uh, you know, yeah. it's, uh, yeah, I've had experiences like that as well. Um, okay. So, so yeah, um, basically let, let's, let's kind of just jump into the, to the meaning of it, the really simple meaning for this one. Uh, it seems like the, when they say that the fl- more, you can catch more flies with honey than with vinegar is a kind word. A, um, a soft approach is typically yields better results than a harsh word or a negative approach. Is that, is that kind of it? Yeah, absolutely. That's it. Um, and you know, I, I did find in the research, you know, there was always the, the contrarian on there who's like, well, actually Are you, sure? you do catch in real life. You catch more flies with vinegar. But, <laughs> is that true? But, come on. Yeah, that's, yeah. Of course, of course it is. Yeah. Right. But Thanks. yeah, <laughs> no, but it is, it, it is true. It, and that's, that's what this is saying. It's, um, pro- approaching things, uh, positively, gently, um, not, I guess, defaulting to hostility, mm-hmm. you know, it doesn't mean you never can be hostile or defensive when the, when the situation warrants it, but, but you go in, you go in to a situation, an unknown one with, with some positivity in, in, in your personal interpersonal interactions. Yeah. Well, you knew I was going to do it. Uh, I always have to bring up parenting because that's the, that's my, the life that I live in. But, but yeah. this one, uh, this one fits really well in that. In fact, my, my, my wife is, uh, you know, she, I think she works really hard at uh, trying to find um, strategies for parenting and do the, be the best she can. And, and I'm a little lazier with that. I try can tend to just wing it and it doesn't always work out as well for me, but, <laughs> but uh, she, she was just talking to me about this recently. How about, how they've broken down, you know, they've done extensive studies on parenting and they've broken down these various types of uh, parenting styles. And one of them, she was reading them off to me. And one of them was like, this is the reactionary parenting styles. When you tell a kid to do something, they don't do it. And you tell them again, they don't do it. And you tell them again, they don't do it. And then you scream at them. And I was like, Hey, Mm -hmm. that sounds like me. That's like my style. (laughs) I was like, is that the good one? She's like, no, that's not the good one. I was like, oh, dang. So apparently the, the, obviously the better one, <clears throat> that she shared him the one that this, the is born out in the studies that works the best in terms of modifying kids behavior and while maintaining a positive relationship with the parent is basically summed up right in this in this proverb it's you have a kind word first you help them uh, you build kind of a scaffolding around their around their actions like you you kind of uh, guide them towards the best behavior you want them help them along the way if they need to if you're trying to get them to put their shoes on and they're not doing it you sit down with them and you help them and you move them along and then 
and then it, um, if it needs to come to something more firm or a punishment, it can get there, but that's not the way you start. Yeah. Well, no, I, I relate to this a lot right now, uh, with, with our, my oldest, she's going to be four soon. And so we're really working on the, uh, the asking politely, we're, you know, she's kind of at the age where she's able to do that. <clears throat> yeah. And, uh, and so, but it's, but it really makes you reflect on, on how you approach them. Right. Cause you're, you're so focused on them. Stop, like stop demanding, just, you know, ask nicely, ask nicely. But then you end up, you know, tonight, you know, we were getting back from a walk and uh, I was trying to get my daughter to bring, bring her little bike inside. And I just, you know, I just told her, Hey, bring your bike into the garage. Mm-hmm. And my wife said, well, well, ask, ask her politely, you know, like, Oh yeah, I guess oh, we yeah. It's like model, model what you're, you're trying to do. I'm like, oh, that's, that's true. We're trying to, <laughs> so, so, all right, please, please bring your bike in the garage. Yeah. How did um, that I mean, it, it did, it got, got a great response out of it. Um, but, but it also, but I guess that's where, that's where I bristle, I guess, you know, it, it, we're dealing with other adults. Maybe it's, it's been easy for me or, or, or peers, but when you're, when you expect just to be listened to because it's your kid and you know mm-hmm. better, yeah, um, then it's a little bit harder. It's kind of, well, I don't, I can, dem- like I do want to just demand because yeah. I'm right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And you are in a position of authority and, and parenting is legitimate authority. It's not, it's not, you know, made up or, or usurped in any way. It's a legitimate uh, position of uh, you're above them and you're there to teach them and guide them. And they're supposed to do what you say. And that's true. Yeah. Um, so it can be hard when you're in that position of authority to, to not be an authoritarian or, you know what I mean? Um, mm-hmm. to be authoritative without being authoritarian, if that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I was, I was kind of wondering what, what your experience has been that since this is on your mind and your wife's mind with, with your own kids, uh, what kind of stuff have you run into? Yeah. So we, so we have a whole, we have, uh, my, my daughter's our oldest and then we have a whole bunch of boys after her. So, um, uh, with, uh, with my daughter, I feel like it's been easier just because of her nature. She's, uh, kids are, there's lots of different kinds of personalities for kids, but with our, our kids, um, our boys are just typical boys and our girl is just kind of a stereotypical girl. Like she's sweet. Mm-hmm. She's kind. She's, uh, easy to get along with. She, she, um, is sensitive. And so, uh, taking this approach with her has been much easier, but the boys are a little more stubborn, a little more obstinate, a little more combative. And so I find myself more inclined to be that authoritarian, right? Do this right now, or I'm going to come, you know, punish you. You're going to get it, you know? Yeah. And so, um, <laughs> but, but even when I do take the softer approach, even with my sons, it tends to work better. And, uh, and, and, <clears throat> Taking the softer approach though can can mean a few different things depending on the kid, because coming and putting your arm around a kid and saying, "Hey, how are we doing? Like, can, can we can you do this thing that I asked you to, please? And I'll help you." Works great for some kids, mm-hmm. whereas another kid, um, the soft approach might that's more effective might be, "Hey, let's have a game. Let's see how fast we can get our shoes on," which I think is also a really positive um, approach that may be a little different, you know. Yeah. Um, and every kid's uh, is unique that way, but I think that's still the honey approach is when you're, when you're coming at it essentially from a positive way, uh, trying to find, a, um, a way to avoid the, the negativity of the conflict or, or, you know, having it turned into a command or a disobedient, diso- 
disobe- disobeying or something like that. Well, that, that's interesting. And that, um, that brings to mind another question for me. Uh, since you've got older kids and, and more and boys in particular getting yeah. on each other's nerves, um, how, how, um, how has that gone trying to teach them the lesson that, that you get better results with, with honey than with vinegar with each other? That's, that's something I'm starting to, cre- starting to see with my two daughters since the, the younger one knows that she can, uh, she can push buttons and get responses. She's not really old enough to know not to do that yet. So we just kind of have to teach the older one to be patient, but yeah. Um, what about with older kids? Um, yeah, there's a few different strategies we found. Uh, one has been just, uh, having them, uh, practice the behavior themselves over again. So we say a lot in our house, try again, you know, rather than getting mm-hmm. mad and saying, you said that wrong or, Hey, what are you, what are you doing talking like that? We just say, try again. So when they, when they say something that's rude or nasty, or they're coming with that, you know, proverbial vinegar, we say, hang on, try again. And then they know, oh, okay. I didn't say that properly. Let me do it one more time. Can I please have this? And that, that works oftentimes between each other and also what works with us as well. Like, give me some milk, try again. Dad, can I please have some milk? There you go. Good job. So we found that works pretty well, that little strategy. I don't know where we picked that up. My wife probably did, you know, somewhere, but that's been pretty effective. Great. How about you? Um, yeah, still, still, still trying to figure that out. Yeah, I know. You're just pretty young. Yeah. Um, I mean, we, we kind of do that try again thing with, uh, trying to remind the, the older one that she's supposed to be thinking in a way of, of asking politely rather than demanding. Um, but yeah, otherwise with, with just a little one, we're just kind of, you know, try not to, not try not to, to feed the, uh, feed the attention seeking, right. And, and have more positive, uh, positive reactions or, or blank reactions. You know, like it's, they say when you're, when you're feeding them, like in the high chair, and they, they're throwing their food everywhere and stuff. You know, they love a react, a big reaction out of it. They think it's hilarious. So they'll do it more to get the reaction. So you just kind of have right. to just kind of, just kind of bear it. Exactly. Yeah. And oftentimes <laughs> just distract with those younger kids, just distraction is the best option. Cause you can't really teach them much when they're that little, just to kind of get their mind off of it. But, yeah. um, yeah. So, so I guess my question would be apart from parenting, um, have you had experiences in your life? You mentioned work or have there been other interpersonal interactions that where this has worked out well for you? Yeah, absolutely. Um, work works a big one. Um, I'm in the, I'm in the, the biomedical field. Um, a lot of really kind of type a people, a lot of people who really smart people who know what they want, who know what they're doing and they they uh, kind of are demanding of other people to to get what they want, um, to to have a good product, to have a good outcome of, of an interaction, um, and you know, and so when you get two people like that, you get people butting heads and and not wanting to budge. I'm I'm not too I'm not too proud to just kind of try and avoid the conflict just so we can get get a good result and get a good product. Uh, product and um, so that I, I've I've had a lot of success with that. I end up with clients act, act, uh, asking for me uh, on a project, and 
by name because they, they know I get, I get results and I'm easy to work with and, mm-hmm. um, I'm accommodating. And when I need to push back, it's, um, I, I try not to be abrasive about the pushback that I, I give and, and to be pretty rational about it. And, and to, you know, you, when someone else has a concern, you kind of need to, you need to address it. You need to let them know that you you've heard their concern and kind of, and work through it rather than just dismissing. I think that's a big, a big part of this. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's, so I've, I've had good success just being calm. I, I get that. I get that a lot from my, my coworkers that I'm, that I'm really calm and even keeled. And so I, I save my, I save my frustration and my outbursts and my uh, hitting my head against the wall for when I'm off of calls. You know, <laughs> just uh, when I'm on a call, I, I am pretty even keeled. And yeah. What about you? Yeah, that's great, man. I, I, uh, I've worked with people like that who are very even keeled like that and have that, that even temperament. And they're actually very valuable people to work with because like you said, you work with teams, you work with people personalities can start to clash and you can have these flare ups and having someone that can kind of just keep everything calm is a, is a really valuable thing. So yeah, that's a great skill to have. Um, when I was thinking about it, there's one, um, example in particular, I kept coming back to, and it's when I almost made the wrong decision, but I ended up making the right decision. And it worked out. I was, is when I was, a uh, you know, adolescent, 12, 13, 14 years old, and I was in boy Scouts and, you know, part of the boy Scouts thing at, I don't know much about it now because I know it's different now than what it was when I was growing up, but they, they wanted to teach leadership and they want to teach this, that, and the other. They had these leadership opportunities. So anyway, they selected me to be the senior patrol leader, which is like the little, you know, the, the head boy of, yeah. the, of the troop, right? And you right. reported to the, to the scoutmaster or whatever. So I'm like, okay, I don't know what I need to do, but you know, so they were giving me some, some things. Okay. You need to do this. You need to do that. Well, we were on a, on a camp out. And we were working on some project and there was this one kid, he was like the weird kid, you know, there's always that one kid who's just a little bit odd, a little bit different. And he's like, <laughs> there's always know, one, yeah. There's always one. And everyone's like that kid. And he was just not doing what anyone wanted him to do. And he was not participating. Not only was he not participating in the project, but like actively kind of sabotaging it by being a goof. Yeah. And everyone was really mad at him. And they were going to the scoutmaster being like, this kid is not, what he's supposed to be doing so rather than going to him himself he turns to me as the 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 boy leader and says Mm -hmm. okay patrick go take care of it i was like oh no i i especially didn't particularly like this kid um and i wanted to go over there and just like shove him or something that was my first reaction like if he doesn't just i'm gonna go over here and ask him if he doesn't do it i'm just gonna like take this kid and shake him (laughs) (laughs) and so fortunately i go over there and uh I had this urge to like yell at him or do something to him and I didn't do it. And I was just, I was just stopped for a second. I said, how's it going? Like, what are you doing? What's up? You know? And I just talked to him for like 30 seconds. And then after that, he's like, Oh, I'm just doing this goofy thing. And I'm like, Oh, okay. I was like, Oh, we're going to, we're, you know, we're trying to get this tent together, whatever we were doing. I can't even remember what project we were working on. I was like, do you think you could help us? And then he just stopped and just started helping. And this is after people had been yelling at him for like 10 minutes to like, you know, mm. Hey, do this. Yeah. Hey, what are you doing? Idiot. You know? And all the other boys were screaming at him. And so that was a, you know, that was 20 years ago, whatever. I, I, I still remember that, uh, well, 30 years ago, maybe close to, but, uh, um, and it was, it's, uh, still, I still remember that, that moment of when I made the choice to go a little bit softer and it, it worked out. 
that's a great example. Um, I, I was wondering, so I, I don't, bef we do usually do this towards the end. I'm not trying to wrap us up here, but I don't want to forget because I think I forgot last time. Hmm. With this one, um, catch more flies with honey than with vinegar. Um, you know, that's, that's the, that's the age old wisdom here we're talking about. Um, do we think that this is devalued today, this principle, or is it something that people still pretty much adhere to? Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, we, uh, for those joining us who are new, we, every episode, we like to kind of talk about the, the flip side of it in the, in the poem that inspired this, this, uh, show Kipling talks about the gods of the marketplace, which are kind of the antithesis to the copy book yeah. headings. Um, yeah. and that's what, that's what Andrew's talking about here. Um, but yeah, I think you're, I think, I think there, there can be, um, I think it's, it's common nowadays to, for, I, I see this a lot in like politics where mm -hmm. if someone disagrees with you, then they're a bad person and taking a soft, uh, uh, kind of a t attack with them is seen as weak or, or maybe like you're not caring enough about your issue yeah. if you don't attack somebody that disagrees with you. <clears throat> so I, I would say that is the, the, the pushback we get from society nowadays, whereas uh, it, you're kind of required to be outraged and to, you know, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's kind of not that, uh, yeah, it's like who needs the flies? You know, I'm not trying to catch flies here. I'm just trying to be right. So. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I, I definitely see that because, yeah, um, I mean, it, it comes up a lot in our, our conversations here, like with social media, with online interactions, because that's, I mean, that's kind of, it's kind of the public, public marketplace these days. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, those interactions where it just, um, you know, those, the cues that you have in a, in a interpersonal even even on video, um, you know the subtle facial expressions, the the posture, body language, um, can be really disarming. Like seeing someone face to face, you you can kind of let let the uh, the posture down a bit, let the defensiveness down a bit, and and it's easier to go into the the honey mode. Whereas yeah. with the faceless the faceless comment, you know, it's not even a person; it's just some words on a, on a screen, um, you can just go right to it, right to the vinegar, right to, right to the attack and, and not see the, um, yeah, like you're, you're, um, it's like, you're not, you know, dealing with a person, you're dealing with a principle or an issue and, and you're not treating it the way you should because you're talking to a person. Right. And I think implicit in this, uh, in this proverb is that it's, uh, not only is it more moral, but it's more effective to do it that way. Mm -hmm. You catch more flies. Like if, if your goal is to catch flies, <clears throat> you know, whatever your goal is, it's better to take the, the, the softer, sweeter approach. And so I think that's contrary to what people think nowadays, whereas <clears throat> the person who yells the loudest, you know, wins. Um, whereas often, you know, what I've seen is when people behave like that online or in, in, in person, the other side typically just digs their heels in and entrenches them more in their position than they were before. And it doesn't really help find any common ground or, or help, uh, dialogue move forward. Um, yeah. at least that's, that's, that's kind of been my experience. Yeah. Yeah. That I've seen that too, especially I used to love watching 
you know, like YouTube, like debates, right? So two mm-hmm. people who are very on opposite ends of an issue get on for like one to four hours and just, you know, yell at each other over, mm-hmm. over issues and very much not trying to persuade. They're just trying to, to bludgeon and, uh, and then so their audience can say that they won. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's never really truly an exercise in persuasion. It's not, you're not really trying to like, yeah, like, like we were talking about, you, they're not trying to catch the flies, right? That's not like they, they say they are, or they put on the appearance that they're trying to, to persuade. And, um, but it turns out they're really just there to, just there to fight. Yeah, exactly. I've, I found this, um, if, if, and if you, when you're on Twitter, if anyone's on Twitter, I've seen this a lot where there's a feature where you can quote tweet, where you can, mm-hmm. you know, take someone's tweet and you can basically put a caption to it and it, they're notified when you do that, but you're not exactly speaking to them. Are you, you're speaking yeah. to your own audience about this tweet. And then yeah. oftentimes they'll respond back in a quote tweet, basically to their followers saying, look at this idiot. And then the other person will quote tweet back. Well, look at this idiot said, and then they're just back and forth, but they're, they're not talking to each other really at all. They're talking yeah. to their own respective audiences and preaching to their own respective choirs. Um, and it really usually goes nowhere. Yeah, actually, I just, I just, that phenomenon I was thinking about, that exact phenomenon I was thinking about earlier today, like, I just, there were some people I like to, to read their stuff, but they do that. And it's just kind of a way to farm engagement through outrage. Mm-hmm. And, and I just stopped reading their stuff because it just drives me nuts. Like, just talk to the person. Like, I know you want to like control where the discussion is happening, but I mean, clearly you're not trying to persuade. You're not, trying, you're just, you're just trying to, to get your, your people riled up. Right. And I, I mean, I, I think there are some, some advantages to sometimes selectively not engaging with certain people, you know, yeah. um, some people just, maybe it's a waste of time to, to engage with them at all. So I'm not saying that that's something that everyone should be doing, but, uh, but yeah, I, I see very little of, uh, honest engagement going on. And, uh, it, you know, when it's so public, like the internet, I think m- people's biggest motivation is not learning or growing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's, avoiding looking stupid and avoiding getting dunked on in some way, yeah. you know? So that's their main goal. When your main goal is don't look stupid, you're not going to learn because learning implies, Oh, maybe I was wrong. Maybe I didn't see this this way. And yeah. you've opened my eyes to see this a little bit differently. When this is, when you have this adversarial approach, you know, they just, their, their main goal is I have to win. I have to not look stupid. I don't want to give their side any points because I don't like their side. I think they're bad. Yeah. Um, it, it's, it really just, uh, it becomes like you said, that, that, that angry debate where they're yelling at each other. So-and-so destroys so-and-so on YouTube, you know, <laughs> you know? and that's, they have the, the, the thumbnail of, you know, something mm-hmm. ridiculous. Yeah. So I, I think kind of the, the takeaway from this is to, uh, especially in interactions online to remember that, that, uh, you know, to, to, to humanize your opponents a little bit, um, yeah. you know, at least when you know, there are human, I know that bots exist, <laughs> which adds another layer, layer of complication here, but, um, you know, oftentimes, you know, you're talking to a person, um, yeah, humanize them, try to, try to come, come at it with a little bit more, um, a little bit more kindness. 
And, uh, and, and certainly in your interpersonal relationships in real life, online is kind of its own weird thing. Um, but, uh, certainly, uh, it, it, um, at work with, uh, with your spouse, with your kids, uh, try it, test it out. See if you actually do indeed catch more flies. Uh, and by that, I mean, accomplish what you want to accomplish. See if your kids listen to you better. See if your, uh, your wife fights with you less and ag- agrees with you more. If you, if you approach it uh, a little bit softer. That that's great advice. I think that's a good, good way to wrap things up. Yeah. Well, uh, okay. Um, thanks for, for listening, everybody. This is a, uh, interesting conversation. So remember you, you catch more flies with honey than you do with vinegar. Let's, uh, let's remember that going forward. And, uh, for those of you who are, um, who are new to us, if you could follow us on social media, um, we're, we're on, uh, uh, Instagram, uh, Twitter, Facebook, look up the copybook headings podcast. We'd appreciate, uh, we appreciate the follow and surprise, subscribe to us on your, uh, on your platform of choice. So, <laughs> all right. Thanks Andrew for the conversation. It was awesome, man. Good to talk to you. All right, we'll talk to you next week. There are only four things certain since social progress began. That the dog returns to his vomit, and the sow returns to her mire, and the burnt fool's bandaged finger goes wobbling back to the fire. And that after this is accomplished, and the brave new world begins, when all men are paid for existing, and no man must pay for his sin, As surely as water will wet us, as surely as fire will burn, the gods of the copybook idiots, with terror and slaughter return.